1: The professional's choice. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the HVAC Know It All podcast. Driving home. It's real windy outside. I don't know if you can hear that wind howling in the background, but it's pretty nuts, man. It's like a hurricane out here. Nevertheless, we got a great podcast for you guys. We got Ben Thompson on the podcast. Ben is an HVAC tech out of Vancouver, B.C., all right, he goes by the name of Bam Bam underscore Strong on Instagram. He started out posting his bodybuilding, powerlifting videos and images, and then started with his HVAC stuff. And that's when I really noticed him. All right, Ben takes a lot of pride in his work, and you can tell that. Actually, there's. A, I'm going to ask him a question about tape and Pookie during the podcast and how he makes his pookie look real nice. And I love saying that word pookie cuz I just found out what pookie meant a couple of days ago. And you're going ha- <laughs> to you're going to find that out during the podcast as well. But guys, for the last couple of days what I've been doing is cleaning evaporator coils in walk-in coolers. And I've been using the Viper Red Coil Cleaner in the red aerosol can. And that stuff is phenomenal. It really really is. You start from the bottom of the coil, you saturate it, moving up, it foams out, the dirt comes with it, and when you're done, the coil is gleaming. It's shiny. I did a little video of it. I posted it on Facebook, not Instagram yet, because it's a few minutes long. What I'll do is probably flip it to a YouTube, post the link on Instagram, but guys, that stuff is fabulous. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. So in this trade, guys, CO, personal monitoring, is very important. You could be working um, around gas-fired equipment, right, um, in a boiler room. That stuff can creep up into buildings through floors, all right? And if it's in your vicinity, that personal CO detector could help potentially save your life or the life of somebody else around you. Uh trueTag Tools has the sense it p100 okay it's on sale now for about 219 bucks and as always save eight percent with promo code know it all and guys true tech doesn't use promo codes for testo so if you want to save on testo stuff i will put the link in the podcast notes so go check them out guys because there's some other stuff in there like links to my website and all the other tools that i talk about during the podcast So those of you that own testo smart probes, the refrigeration set, I've seen something pretty cool online. I'm not going to take credit for this because I've seen multiple pictures online of techs doing this. They put a red and a blue sticker on the high and low side uh clamps and transducers. Because you you'll see you'll you know if you have them in the app, you have to you have to designate which one is high and which one is low. Um So they know as soon as they take them out of the pouch, which one goes where, instead of getting onto the app first. It's a really good idea. Helps speed things up. And if you guys are interested in purchasing them, you'll understand why that is when you do. Great tool. Um, But to make it quicker, techs are designating them with blue and red stickers. Just a tip for you guys. So in about a couple of weeks, I'm going to be changing a compressor on a um, stand-up reach-in cooler. Fully self-contained, no service taps, service ports, whatever you want to call them, available on the machine. So I'm going to pull out my handy yellow jacket service tool, basically what it is to set a um, vice grips that has a quarter-inch service fitting on it, and on the other side it's got a little prick. Not like a person that's a prick, but a little, a little uh, sharp prick with an opening in it and what that does is it allows you to clamp down on that pipe to get into that system to read the pressure and once you're into that system you can put your gauges on pull the gas out whatever you want to do with it but that's mainly what it's for is self-contained systems you want to get the gas out of there you get those vice grips you clamp them down and you got a fitting attached directly to them great tool and it's got a schrader in there as well so great tool if you're working on self-contained units you guys heard my spiel about viper products in the beginning there coil cleaner in the red aerosol can the stuff is absolutely fabulous um guys cool air products i read a really good comment in one of my posts um yesterday i think it was or today i can't remember but One tech was saying he he put his boss onto smart seal internal or smart seal um, internal leak sealant, the oil-based stuff. Now, they experimented with it and they put it in a cooler of some sort that was giving them issues because the evaporator and supposedly this evaporator was very expensive. I don't know what kind of cooler it was. But it prevented them from changing, I think, a $900 EVAP and preventing headaches for the customer. And now they have 90 trucks is what he's telling me. And now the the boss, the owner, wants to outfit the trucks with SmartSeal. Pretty cool stuff. So that's the feedback I'm getting from that product. And I like hearing the good, positive feedback, especially if I'm going around telling you guys, It's good because I've tested it. I know that. But it's good to hear that other techs have tested it and they're getting this feedback and passing it on to me. Um, A little bit of sad news, guys. Field Pulse will be leaving um, HVAC Know-It-All as a sponsor. Um, But it's been a great journey with Field Pulse, guys. Um, They are a meme factory of hilarious memes. They connect with the contractor through their memes, which is a great thing. Uh, to do because it shows they care it shows they understand and their real business is the service business software okay um, billing invoicing fleet management all that great stuff guys 14 day free trial while it still lasts at fieldpulse.com com forward slash hvac know it all it's been a great journey guys thank you field pulse
2: Hey, Ben. What's up tonight, buddy? How you doing? Not much. Just chilling out after work. Yeah? You uh, you going to be pumping some iron tonight or what?
0: I am. Me and the wife <laughs> will be heading out just after this.
2: Oh, nice. Awesome. So um, you and I have two things in common that I know of, and I'm going to get to know more about you during this interview. And, I, and you and I talked earlier, and, and I said purposely to you that I want to learn about you during the podcast because I find it's a little bit more organic and if i learn with the audience then it, it kind of uh puts us all in the same playing field you know what i mean so i i hope you're okay yeah. with that that works with me and, and the two things we have in common is we are both hvac professionals and we are both purebred um Scotsmen.
0: <laughs> i had guessed that from the last name that's for
2: sure yeah yeah so um I was born um, just outside of Glasgow in uh, That's just, unfortunate. just a, <laughs> just outside a little town called Ayr. Um, and, and I was born there and I moved to Canada when I was two with my parents. And then my brother and sister are actually the first um, generation to be born in Canada. So I would love to hear your story on, on how you came over and how you got into HVAC and, and, and how you got to the point you're at in your life right now.
0: Okay. Um, well, I was born and raised in uh, just outside Aberdeen, okay. um, which is up up north in Scotland, as you probably know. Um, originally, getting into HVAC, um, I uh, I was in the trades a little bit. I worked with my dad, who owns a contracting company, um, and I wanted to basically follow in his footsteps. And I, I said that to him, and he told me to go get a proper job. Um, was his was his reply and he uh, he really didn't want me to stay in the building trade. He wanted me to do, do something different, um, try something different. Ideally, they really wanted me to go to university, but school was not my thing whatsoever. Um, so I went to, to college briefly. I did a, a, a part-time course um, to get into doing drafting and 3D modeling, and um, luckily my mom worked for a, a, an offshore HVAC company. As the the operations manager, and uh, one day the, the 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 owner actually asked to see some of my work that I was doing um, for college, and uh, the very next day he actually offered me a job um, in the office uh, to be the the uh, the draftsman and uh, to do the layout drawings and stuff, and that's kind of how it all started.
2: Um, so the draftsman, I. I- I, I know the term draftsman, but a lot of people might not because uh, I got that British flow in me as well. But a, drafts, a, a draftsman is basically like an architect, right?
0: Uh, yeah, basically, not as qualified. That's that's definitely uh, definitely not got the same qualifications. But um, we we basically just do um, layout drawings, 3D modeling, you know, all that kind of stuff. So the guys that I knew at the time, they would go offshore. Do a survey on a on a project. Um, come back with all the measurements, and I would basically make up all the fabrication drawings, um, superimpose 3D model um, or 3D models of the ducts um, onto pre-made 3D models of the oil rigs, and make sure that everything fits together and that it would
2: all work out. Nice, nice. So this this was over in Scotland, right? All of this yeah. when, when it began. Yes, yeah, this, this was all in Aberdeen. Okay, cool. So. I kind of wanted to ask you, um, so like how old were you when you um when you when you were kind of into the flow of things in HVAC over there? Were you still uh a, a young guy, like early twenties or something like that?
0: Yeah, I was actually when I got that job, I wasn't even eighteen years old yet. I oh. left school at, at sixteen. I did that course at college. Um I got that job probably I think it was just when I turned just after turning seventeen. And um okay. I worked in the office there for a while and it was actually um when I when I turned eighteen I was I was done with being in office. I, I grew up on a farm. I, I was always hands on as said, working with my dad too and I was bored to tears. And I, I said to the boss, look, I wanna go offshore, I wanna work on these these rigs that I see and all this equipment I see. I wanna get involved in that. And um he said, Well that's cool, but the only way I'll do that is if you sign a contract saying you'll do your apprenticeship as well. And I said, yep, no problem. Give me that contract. I'll sign that. No problem. We can get started.
2: Nice. Nice. So I did want to ask you the kind of, so, so for me, I'll I'll take it back a a minute. Like the last time I was overseas visiting, I was, I was young. I was seven. Like I haven't been back in that long. And I remember all the homes um, outside, there was like a uh, a little uh, hut with coal in it and you've, put it in your fireplace and that's how you'd heat your home and then all the pictures I see like uh, and when my parents go over um and stuff and then they come back and I see the pictures of inside homes I'm seeing these little uh radiators and stuff in, in their living rooms and stuff so I, I want to know how are homes heated over there nowadays as far as you know um compared to over here because over here we're like uh natural gas forced air um furnaces and and, and air conditioners so over there how are we doing that in yeah, the home
0: basically, you know, the majority of the homes, as you say, back in the day, we all had coal cellars. Um, me growing up in an old school farm, we um, we had a what we call a multi-fuel stove. So it's basically a fire um, with a coil, a hot water coil, built into the back of it, and you can burn wood, you can burn coal, etc., and that heats the water um, to heat the the water that goes around the radiators. Um, other homes which were slightly more modern than ours had hot water boilers which as you say you know uh, heated the radiators in each room um convection radiators um and that's that's pretty much the main style of heating in in most homes um in the UK unless it's something fancy and then they might have like underfloor heating systems um like you know like radiant
2: underfloor like we have here Yeah, yeah. So, so as far as residential air conditioning is, that's not really a big thing because I know it it does get warm in the summer, but not like warm like it gets here. Like in the uh, like we can get up uh, where you are. I'm not sure what your highest temperature can get in the summer, but we're in the like sometimes 40 degree, um, which is like 110 ish um, with the humidity, right? So we can get really hot here. So how are they for AC in the in the resi um, sector over there?
0: It's it's pretty bleak. I mean, um, in Scotland, mo- most of the time, if it gets over twelve degrees Celsius, people are in shorts and t-shirts, right? And I'm uh, <laughs> I'm I'm still a little bit the same. I mean, today here it was up to I think twenty two, twenty three degrees, and I was working in an attic and stuff. Wow. And I was I was dying um, slow, horrible death. Um, but really, there's only a few homes I've ever been in and worked in that have you know, like Mitsubishi mini-split systems in their home. Yep. And it's usually it's usually people who are building, like, environmentally friendly, like, green homes, you know, that kind of thing, and they don't want any, like, fossil fuel burning and all that kind of stuff. They just want to have a, a mini-split, and they use it when they need to, and that's about it.
2: Nice, nice. So, forced air in homes isn't really a thing over in Britain, right?
0: No, you'll very, very
2: rarely see that, if if ever. Okay, cool. So that kind of gives the audience something to, to kinda of reference when, when they're thinking about um over there because I mean I, I think most of Europe is kind of in that boat, right? Because that's where the, the mini split craze started was over in Europe because they don't have a lot of systems that are that are ducted. Um yeah. so it works out really, really well over there and then we've kind of caught on over here. Um and we're utilizing it a lot. So, fast forward to to, to, to kind of coming over to Canada. So you're you're in? Are you in Vancouver, BC? Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. A be- beautiful city. I was actually there when I was about nine, and I remember just man, it's like walking along the uh, the waterfront with the mountains in the background, just absolutely beautiful. So, um, it's really cool that you get to live in in such a nice city like that. And and the uh, the cost of living there is very high, isn't it?
0: Outrageous. I think it's, <laughs> yeah. the only, it's the only way to put it, but it is a, a beautiful place. It is it is gorgeous.
2: It is. Yeah, it is. So one of the questions that I kind of have been known to ask is just so we can get an idea of where you are HVAC wise, what is kind of the top rate that a tech can make um in Vancouver and what is um the average square foot or, or sorry, the average price of a two 2000- thousand Square foot home. It just kind of puts things in into perspective. You know what I mean?
0: Cool oh, man, that's a good one. Um, I've seen you know for technicians, I've seen anywhere from like thirty dollars an hour up. You know that's all depending on experience. Yeah. What certification you have? You know whether you've got your gas certificate, like all that kind of stuff. You know every every company is a little different depending if it's union, non union, all that kind of thing. Um, geez, a two thousand square foot home. That honestly depends. It uh, depends on like rough, like what city you're in, because obviously there's Vancouver and then all the surrounding areas. But I mean, yep. if you're in Vancouver, a a two thousand square foot home is gonna be like a million bucks. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, housing here. Like me and my my wife have agreed that we would rather rent for a long time, um, so that we can spend our money on other things and travel and and actually buy stuff we want rather than own a home and be house poor and yeah. just come and sit, sit in our house all the time and not be able to <laughs> yeah. do anything else.
2: You know? Exactly. Um, so, so, so back to kind of the your story on, on how you came over and got into HVAC. So when you came to Canada, did you have to kind of start over um, as far as your apprenticeship or or did what you did over in Scotland um, contribute to the, the apprenticeship hours over here?
0: Yeah, so um, I – when I came over here, I originally there was a couple of different things. I went to Texas. You know, I couldn't get a job there. I ended up in Seattle for a year before I came up to Canada. Okay. So it, when I was when I came over, you know, the states are pretty lax. I'm not going to lie, they're they're pretty chill on certification and everything. So the company I went to, I was basically the most qualified guy they had. I mean, I'd worked offshore on the oil rigs for eight years. Basically, or just over eight years doing industrial, you know, huge systems. I worked on mini splits. I'd done some smaller rooftop units and stuff like that as well. Um, But like, I came up there and they kind of went, "Look, we do furnaces, which are ducted systems, which I'd read about, but I never, honestly, never worked on them at all." Yeah. Um, And um, and they were like, "And we do mini splits, and and obviously, like the furnaces, coil and condenser, and all that kind of stuff too." And I'm like, "Okay, that's cool." I was like, I'm not going to bullshit you. Um, I was like, I've never worked on that stuff. I was like, but I pick up stuff pretty quick and I have a lot of experience. And they were like, okay, cool. Let's like, here's your job, basically. Um, and since then, I've basically, in the last two years, we basically taught myself everything I, I know about furnaces, et cetera, which at times... You know, every day is a school day. Everyone knows that. You never know everything. Mm-hmm. And knowledge, knowledge is power. So I've just tried to sap as much out of other people and and service technicians and stuff as I can, so that so that I know where I'm at and I know what I'm talking about as much as possible. You know.
2: Yeah. Exactly. So so you're fully licensed now in uh, in Vancouver. Uh,
0: yeah. So. Um, they don't accept any international certification, so you just have to prove your hours, okay. and then also that that transfers across, and then you have to sit the exam and whatnot.
2: Uh, okay, yeah, that 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 makes more sense because it would have sucked if you had to start your hours over again after having all that experience, especially on 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 rigs and stuff, because I can imagine that's pretty demanding work, right?
0: It's it's crazy the the amount of stuff the the stuff that I learned as an apprentice. I mean, I was you know so so fortunate to work on that kind of thing and work all over the world um, and you know people don't believe me sometimes the, the stuff that I used to work on and things I used to do um, so it's it would have yeah as you say it would have sucked big time if I had to try and redo all that
2: yeah yeah for sure so I mean nowadays you're you're focusing mainly on residential work
0: yeah yeah, I worked in commercial for a short period of time when I started in Vancouver, and then I uh, I got moved back over to, to residential.
2: So you you work for a company, you don't own one, right? Is that is that no, right?
0: No, I wish I wish I owned one. I work for <laughs> a, a company called Here's the plug, Ashton Service Group in Vancouver. Um,
2: okay.
0: And in my opinion, Vancouver is number one um, residential and commercial uh, company.
2: Nice, nice. So and I'm not
0: just saying that because I work for
2: them. Are, are you guys like a big outfit?
0: Yeah, we're we're pretty big. We got a with ton of trucks on the road. Um, we have, God, I don't know, even know how many commercial buildings we have. Over over a thousand, I think I may be lying. Um, and we we cover the whole of Greater Vancouver and all the cities around it.
2: Yeah. So I like I I mean you've been on Instagram for what how, how long now? But I I mean I think I've been following you for two three months now, and uh, your following is growing pretty quick. I, I've noticed that. And um, I think it's because you um, you really care. You can tell you really care about what you're doing. And and I watched that. I don't, can't remember if it was a video or if it was images, like a, a, a slideshow of images, where you actually taped uh, up the duct where you were putting the sealer on to make the lines clean. I thought that was really, really awesome that you did that.
0: Yeah, so that, I mean, I'm... Anybody who knows me and, and the way I am, I'm pretty anally retentive about a lot of stuff to do with my work. Yeah. So that includes my, my appearance, my van, the way I conduct myself, the way I do my work. Um, That was actually something I picked up on in the States. Um the 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 install manager we had down there if you painted on the duct seal or pookie as they call it down there (laughs) without without, without painting, he would he would lose his mind and he would he would actually write you up if if you uh if he caught you doing that sort of thing um and it's you know it only makes sense it looks super neat if you just put a line of tape either side of the joint and paint that stuff on and peel it off it looks crisp it looks nice and and the way i look at things is our customers um, pay a lot of money for what we do. We're highly qualified people, and that th- they get charged for it. And they want to see a nice job. They don't maybe necessarily understand the whole workings of what's going on with their system. Um, but, you know, if it looks good and you've taken that extra five minutes just to be that better tech, you know, better than the last guy, you know, they appreciate that and they see that and they notice it.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, I think you... Um... You, a light bulb went off when you said pookie. <laughs> I've seen the.
0: Uh, you ever <laughs> seen those
2: those drill bits called the pookie buster? I was like, I what What the hell yeah. is po- What the hell is pookie? Because I, I don't do uh, I don't do any residential stuff, or sorry, I don't do any duck work. So I don't seal duck work. So okay. the word the word pookie I see it written down in the in the social media and stuff, and I'm like, okay, whatever pookie. Then pookie buster, and now that you. <laughs> The duct sealers called pookie. They must be using the drill bit to 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 break into where the screws are in the duct, breaking the pooky yep. away. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's the worst thing is when you put those when you put those screws in and then you cover them in duct seal. There is sometimes just no way getting those things
2: out. Yeah, yeah, awesome, cool. So, um, do you do mainly install or you do service as well? Um we have an on call rotation
0: pretty much similar to every company so if I'm quiet and I don't have an install to do I can do service calls I also do my my service on call rotation um but primarily you know I enjoy install that's what I'm good at it's it's what I like to do and it's
2: what the company has me doing most of the time Awesome awesome so so how um how long have you been on Instagram for exactly
0: Cool. Most of the time, well, to start with, it was just lifting heavy things and being being a brute. Yeah. Um Probably three years, three and a half years. Um, cool. But really, I've only started incorporating my work when I realized that people actually wanted to see that kind of stuff. I didn't yeah. think people cared. Um And so it's only really been, you know, adding my work in for the past I don't know six months, seven months, something like that. And as you say, it's really my Instagram's blown up mostly just with HVAC dudes and trades people I yeah. want to see that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. It's very, um, and, and I've said this many times and I'll say it again, that the Instagram community for, um, for the trades in general, I find is, is, is pretty, um, positive. And, and it's, it's almost like a, a community that has each other's back in a way. I know there's, there's idiots out there that say stupid things and that, but for the most part, there's, um, there's a lot of good uh, trades people that want to help you on Instagram. You feel that same way about it?
0: Oh, I yeah, completely agree, you know, over and over again. It's, uh, you know, everyone used to look to YouTube for getting information from good people. You hear about this guy, you go look at his videos, you know, now it's more readily available. You know, there's there's Twitter, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's YouTube. There's, there's so many different platforms that you can get information and find guys who, who know what they're doing, know what they're talking about. And it, it is just a wealth of information and and, and a wealth of different people doing different things that we should all really pay attention to.
2: Yeah, it really helps. And, And I've, I've like, I'm on Facebook too. I got a couple of groups and, and I see these older guys. They're like, uh, you shouldn't be coming on facebook and asking for help and i'm like i my I'm, I'm, my mind wants to explode i'm like why not <laughs> why what how's that any different from walking into a supply house with 20 techs around saying hey guys can you help me with this and and yeah. i know and and like you walk into that supply house there's going to be five idiots or five i shouldn't say idiots but five assholes they're going to say stu- <laughs> you know what i mean they're going to have stupid re- responses or replies but the other yeah. 15 might want to help you. And it's the same with Facebook. I mean, there's going to be guys that will say TXV to every single question you ask them because yeah. they, they think it's funny, but then there's going to be 15 guys that are going to try to help you. And that's what I'm trying to say to these, these older guys. Like, yes, you can come on Facebook and you can ask for help because there's people with a wealth and knowledge here that are actually willing to help you out. I mean, that's just straight that's up. Great. And I, that the amount, I've learned from social media not even asking questions, but just reading conversations of other people, even if it's an argument or if it's like a just kind of a nice back and forth. I have learned so much from that, and it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's actually uplifting on how much oh, you yeah. can learn from, from reading conversations from other technicians online.
0: Oh so true. And I mean as you say your point you're like it's no different you know to asking guys in the in the the sales house. Well I mean it's no different to calling one of your last journeymen, you know. Now you've got instead of calling one guy to ask for for help, you've you've got 20 different guys, 20 journeyman's who 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 might be able to give you the right answer, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you are you're huge into showing off some of your tools and the, the tools that you like to help you out and the products that you that that, that you use that, that help you out on a daily basis. And I seen you posting um quite a while back, that Malco um cutter that the, the drill bit that goes yep. into your drill. Um kind of what what is kind of your go to tools when you're doing an install? Oh man,
0: you know, everyone I think would be lost without an impact. You know, driver i mean i love Milwaukee stuff i'm i'm red red tool through and through yep. um you know impact driver um demo screwdriver is is a must um god that's 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 a really hard one cuz for me cuz it always depends on the install Mm-hmm. You know each every single install is completely different um I have so many different tool bags that are just laced with different tools for different things um i don't you may I don't know if you you're probably busy but i I saw or I just made a post before we started talking about all my Malco tools. I did. And I, I did said, see it. I
2: saw yeah, it. Yeah, I think
0: everyone, everyone posts about their service tool bag and what they've got in there. Well, every post I've seen, everyone's service tool bag is pretty much the same. You yes. know. And so that's why I was like, you know what, I'm going to post about my sheet metal tool bag because I know a lot of guys who work in install who don't do sheet metal. And not not even just up here, I know in the States, I know back home. And you know, I was like, I'm gonna post about that. And Malco make hella good tools. You know, they are really good tools. And I'd be lost without those. You
2: know, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, any furnace install if I don't have my sheet metal tools, it it's not gonna happen.
2: Yeah. You know? Exactly. And and, and I seen you post a couple of times about how um basic sheet metal skills are, are a must have just in case you kinda gotta build, build that transition or cut, cut that out and and put in a takeoff or something like that. And (laughs) I laugh and I feel so bad when I see those posts because for me, man, I, and I will say it a million times over, I suck at sheet metal. I've never really, I've never really had to deal with it though. I used to do installs and my installs were running, um, refrigerant piping and brazing it up and, and, um, like sitting Lieberts down on stands and commissioning them and stuff that that was my install. It was nothing to do with sheet metal ever. So whenever somebody asked me to do a, um, like a residential furnace for them, like on the side, which I don't really like to do anymore. I always get like, ah, that sheet metal. So the last one I did, I actually measured it up and I had a sheet metal shop, make it, and it fit perfectly. It had to be offset because the, um, I don't remember why, but uh, yeah, because the newer furnace was slimmer, um, so the, the 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 had to be offset going up into the main trunk, and yeah. I did, and I, I surprised the hell out of myself when I measured that and and drew it up because it fit perfectly, but um, when it comes to sheet metal, man, I am just like it's it's my kryptonite in the trade, a hundred percent.
0: and as you said, I've I've said it a couple of times on Instagram, and and I'll say it again. You know, if you don't know how to do something, especially sheet metal, you know. Um, we have a couple of guys at work who are not afraid to say that they don't know how to do it and they're not like super keen on doing it, but they're getting there because I've explained it a couple of times. Our main sheet metal guy, Mike, shout out to him, sheet metal Mike. He, uh, he has taught them a couple of times and they're getting the hang of it. And it, it really, to me, that is a key thing for an installer, a furnace or or residential installer. You need to be able to build a one-way transition. You know, most of the time it's a it's a one-way transition, and they're super simple. But a lot of people can't Im- imagine it in their head. They can't envision how it needs to look, and because of that, it makes it very difficult for them to put together the the sheet metal. It's a puzzle, you know. And if you can't envision how the puzzle needs to look, it makes it so damn difficult.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that that's why it's a trade of its own, sheet metal. That's why you have to go to school. For so many years, well, at least here you do for so many years and get get certified and, and get all uh, get your your certificate of qualification because yeah. it, it is an art and um, man, it's just it's just not something I'm good at. But hey, uh, you can't be good at everything. So um, no,
0: exactly. If only we could be good sometimes, we'd be okay.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I I did want to ask you about your um, kind of outside of HVAC kind of. How you got into because I find it interesting um how people kind of do things outside of work. So how you got into the um the whole scene of weightlifting? How did you get into that?
0: Um well I used to play rugby at a pretty high level. I actually used to stay over just north of Toronto for six months. I played for two rugby teams over there. Um and then I went back home before I before I did my started my HVAC uh, HVAC um journey. Um, when I stopped playing, it was my knees were were a mess, and I, I just didn't want to put myself through any more pain in case I got signed off work. And so I, I moved into something else, and that actually was strongman. Um, I'd always watched it with my dad at Christmas on TV, World's Strongest Man, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to give this a go. I've always been farm strong, which is just brute strength and stupidity. So <laughs> I mean, if I can if I can pull a truck or lift a big concrete concrete ball, then uh, you know I should be fine so I did that and I actually did it for 6 years I went up to pretty high level um and um then I moved into to powerlifting um after I met my my wife she's actually a competitive powerlifter as well um and that's that's how we got into that
2: nice nice so I mean you must have to um yeah, how 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 do you keep your yourself um prepared for that do you need to have a strict diet or how does that work
0: um strict is a is a word for it i guess we we try not to be super strict unless we're going to be competing you know i still make all my meals i i don't know if you've seen i post sometimes but my meal prep bag so i basically have a bag that has shelves in it and my tupperware is going there and it's it's mostly just chicken and rice ground turkey and rice some veg here and there you know the, the usual like weightlifting kind of like healthy food kind of stuff you know what it, i mean yeah um so that usually consists of me eating like through well at the moment it's like three times during the day excluding breakfast and dinner and um, when i used to do strongman i used to eat in a total of eight times a day wow so it's, it that's a little bit laborious in itself especially when you're trying to do an install and you're you're up and down all the time yeah um but really, it's just trying to that that sort of food keeps you energized. You need to feed little and often, right? So it actually helps with work too, because it keeps your your energy levels up. You don't burn out as much.
2: Yeah. So do you have to have a, a calorie intake that you're aiming for per day to to keep that to keep that that weight, or just like you you obviously have to to stay big to, to to power lift, right? You can't get small. So you're obviously eating a lot more than the average person, right?
0: Yeah, um we, we well we run a we run a coaching and nutritional coaching company as well. Um so my wife kinda she's the, the brains on that side. I do more of the strength coaching. Yep. So she kinda sets that all out for me and yeah, it's usually based on uh like calorie intake, etc. Um and as you say I probably eat a lot more than normal people. Um, I definitely used to eat a hell of a lot more than normal people when I was bigger. (laughs) I used to be, I used to be over 300, just over 300 pounds. Wow. Um, And so, yeah, that, as I said, that's laborious. That's the laborious part.
2: Nice. So, I mean, so how would you like, there's a lot of us in the trade we're in our vans, we're we're driving around and we're going from job to job to job. And sometimes we don't have a meal on us and then we go to the drive-through and we eat a Big Mac and <laughs> a yep. funny, f- funny story. I put out a post about me going to um, McDonald's one time and grabbing a salad. And uh, I said, Hey man, I went to McDonald's and grabbed a salad, eat healthy guys. And everybody, came, they all came down on me. Hey man, McDonald's, you can't eat McDonald's. I'm like, I got a salad guys. Like anyway, so how, how do we stay away from the drive-thrus. Is that all about meal prep, like you said, and and just making sure that we can go to the fridge in the morning and everything's just kind of there ready for us to go?
0: Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, like me and my wife both have our days where, you know, we come home exhausted, especially if I'm on call or she's had to work late, you know, and we don't have stuff prepped or we don't have enough And then that's the days where you maybe drop in bypass. You know, there are healthier options. There's Subway. As you say, you can get a salad at McDonald's. There's always a random sandwich shop somewhere where you can get a salad or whatever. There are healthy options, healthier options out there, but it is it comes down to meal prep. And that's why I have my bag. We cook all our stuff the night before. We put it in the Tupperwares, it's all ready to go in the fridge. In the morning, I get up. It's the first thing I do is I put my meals in my bag and my bag sits by the door. So as soon as I go to leave, I just pick it up and I know it's good to go. Yeah. You know, and that's 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 the key. And if you're gonna be on call. And you don't know, like, if you're gonna get called out, you don't know what time of day it's gonna be. Just prep something extra, or like, pick up some protein bars as well. You know, have something extra in the house that's that's not chocolate, that's not chips, that's not something that's full of saturated fat or like a McDonald's that you're gonna pick up. Just have something ready. It's it's super easy. You know, people people say it's always a struggle. Oh, meal prepping, it's this, that, and the next thing. Do it for a week. The first week is always the hardest of everything. It's like taking time off in the gym when you have to go back. First week is always the hardest. Just give it a go. Put some effort into it. You put effort into your job. Why not put effort
2: into yourself? Exactly. And and if you don't have the uh, the energy and you don't have the health, then guess what? Then you're you're gonna burn out in this trade very fast because it's very physically demanding. So yeah, oh, yeah. You, you, you you do got to take care of yourself and. And for me, sleep is, um, sleep is the most important thing. And I, I know we're not talking about HVAC specifically, but it's kind of a byproduct of going to work and doing HVAC is you need to be healthy. And, and sleep for me is the number one most important thing because if I don't get a good sleep, I feel like crap the next Like I can go to bed at, at 8 o'clock and wake up at 6, but if my mind is wandering and I'm up and up and down and I don't get a good sleep, I am. I am just. I'm done the next day. So I think it's very important to get a good night's sleep um, and get good rest, so you're you're fresh in the morning.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And I I don't sleep a hell of a lot. As I said, grew up in a farm, so I mean I can run on little to no sleep, and I'm usually not too bothered. I can do it for a couple of days, any more than that, and I'll be I'll be grumpy as 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 hell, and I won't be that enjoyable to be around. But um yeah sleep is a huge part it you know it affects your energy levels it affects your mind it affects everything so that is a, a huge part of it as well
2: yeah and and i never i'm finding more and more at my age cuz uh, like i mean i just turned 40 and as i'm getting older i'm finding i need a lot more sleep than than normal or, or than i used to i mean when you're younger you you don't really need as as much cuz you can kind of uh Over get there man Over yeah, the <laughs> yeah told... hey man age is only a number i could live to 100 <laughs> i i could live to 110 who knows probably Prob pro- yeah. pro- probably not after breathing in R22 for the last 20 years but
0: <laughs> that's good for you isn't it <laughs> yeah
2: i yeah Maybe my third ball. If I show everybody, everybody will want to breathe it. In. I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, man, this has been a great conversation. We learned a lot from you, and um, and, and and I'm glad we talked about something other than HVAC when it can't, comes to kind of what you're doing on 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 the outside of things with with your um, with your lifting and, and and your health. That's that's awesome because um, more people should be following in those kind of footsteps as far as I'm concerned, because it's not just about HVAC and everybody posts about HVAC on their Instagram and Facebook, but we are people, we're human beings. We should post about some things that happen in our life. Like, like you do as well. You, in it, you integrate. And I like that.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I, I went up and down in followers a lot for a while. It was up and down quicker than my, my boxers. Um, you know, but, it, uh, <laughs> It really. um, Some people don't like it. Some people just want HVAC, and that's all they want. I'm not about that. Like, if I wanted to do that, I would have made another page, and I did think about it, and I was like, you know what? No, I want to be me. Like, I want to show people who I am and what I do and what I'm interested in. And if you don't like it, well, don't follow me. That's that's the end of it. You know what I mean? I'm not super worried. I'm not worried if if you do the same on yours. You know, I follow some people who post some pretty whack stuff, and I it doesn't bother me. You know, that's who they are. Everyone's their own person, and you just got to live with it.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I started um, I started only posting HVAC stuff, and it's kind of I don't know if I if I. Since I, I chose the name HVAC Know It All, if I start posting like what I'm eating for dinner every day, it might not go so well. Um, but,
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: hey, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I might start integrating some other stuff in in my life as well as, as we kind of move on. But I mean, the HVAC thing seems to be working out for me right now. Yeah. But I, I mean, it, what's working for you is working for you. So um, I won't keep you too long. I know you want to get to the gym. So um, I got to thank you for getting onto the podcast and having the opportunity to kind of get to know you a little bit better and um, for the audience to get to know you a little bit better. So what what is your Instagram handle again for everybody so they can check you out? It is bam
0: bam underscore strong. That's B-A-M-B-A-M underscore strong if you're interested in what I do, lifting heavy things, furnaces, hot water tanks,
2: the usual. Now, does Bam Bam have anything to do with um, the Flintstones?
0: It does actually. Awesome. Um, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, instead of the the gorgeous reddish hair that I have now, I actually had white blonde bowl cut, and it was actually my mum that gave me the the nickname Bam Bam, and uh, it stuck. So when I started lifting heavy things, well, you know, Bam Bam likes to smash things, so
2: yeah.
0: that uh, that stuck, and then here it is.
2: Awesome. Do you ever go for uh, Halloween as Bam Bam?
0: You know what? The last couple of Halloweens, I haven't even had a chance to dress up. I think we just sat at home and drank or I don't even know. We, just, <laughs> you know, we, were, in Bali. we were in Bali for my honeymoon the last time. So it's like we just haven't had a chance. But maybe one day I'll, I'll don that leopard print. I, I would forward. I would
2: love to see it with the club. Well, maybe it'll happen. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Ben, thank you very much. And um, I'll talk to you On Instagram, man. Thank you very much. perfect. Thanks for having me. Not a problem.
1: Well, Mr. Thompson, Bam Bam, Ben. You can tell he's a top-notch chappy, And you can tell he really cares about what he's doing. Um, You can tell he cares about HVAC you can tell he cares about um, his fitness and his health it's awesome to talk to people like that because it's uplifting and and that thing about the pookie and the tape that takes an extra five minutes for him to do that and that's all it takes guys five minutes here five minutes there yeah at the end of the day it might add up to 40 minutes or 45 extra minutes but guess what that extra five minutes here or there is going to make you a better tech, 100%. And it's nothing to do with skill. It's about paying attention to what you're doing, making sure everything is zip-tied nice, making sure the panels are on properly, making sure the drain is sloped right, you know what I mean? Running pipe, making sure they're level, all that kind of stuff, that's not skill. That's just just pride. That's all it is. You got to have a little bit of self-pride in your work, guys. Straight up. Ben, thank you for getting onto the podcast. Great conversation. I loved learning about you. Peace out, guys. I'm out. Happy A tracking.